Good morning, football fans. We're back. It's the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hasek, and to my left, the man who has not slept in approximately six weeks, the star of the playbook, <laughs> Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning. Good morning, my man. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm just, you know, just busy watching the draft while you're sitting at it. You know, that's, that's you know, that's, I guess you know where you stand in the world, right? Well, you know, sometimes you got a big timer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's down to Jerry Wolf, folks. He's just posting pictures. You know how it is. <laughs> folks, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at the FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive, and at FBall Game Plan for my man Emery. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section, and remember to give us that five-star rating and subscribe. You want to know when we're putting new content out there. My man Emery's always putting out great content. Make sure you follow him. And don't forget to go to youtube.com slash footballgameplan for all of your football game plan content and footballgameplan.com. It is our post-draft special. We're already past the draft. This is craziness. Absolute craziness. But we got a lot to talk about. 19. FCS players taken in this year's draft, folks. Is that a record? That is a record. It is a record, folks. Oh, but it's FCS. They're not that good. Really? Tell the scouts that because they uh, they just decided, you know what? Let's just go for these guys this year. But um, a tremendous level of talent. We're going to go pick by pick who they went to, what their intangibles are, and what we think they're going to do at the next level. So let's get right into it. And the first guy off the board, a lot of people were thinking Dallas Goddard. He's going to be the first FCS guy off the board. But the Colts, the Colts decided to go somewhere else. They go Darius Leonard from South Carolina State, outside linebacker, 6'2", 234. And the scouts were raving about this kid. Emery, what do you think about him going to the Colts? Love the pick. And also love the fact that the Colts really cleaned up in this draft class, to be honest. Yes. But when you talk about Darius Leonard, he was down at the Senior Bowl. Um, and I came away very impressed with what he was able to do from a coverage perspective. That was something that I, I questioned yeah. um, prior to diving into his tape fully. But he was able to acclimate himself well down in Mobile. And when you go back to the tape, you're like, okay, he was able to, to you know, um, do the other things that's required from a linebacker. And I thought this was a great pick. I'm not surprised he went in the second round. He's been consistent all four years. And yeah. he was the MEAC Defensive Player of the Year as well. And it was also a star down in Mobile. So they saw enough of him over the course of four seasons to feel comfortable pulling the trigger in the second round. And for those of you asking, oh, why do you cover the MEAC and the SWAC? This is why. You got this kind of player coming out going in the second round, first of all. And what I love about this pick, and you said we didn't really know about his pass defense. You knew he was a good running running defense guy. Sideline to sideline defender, has great speed. He's going to be an impact from the start. But what's nice about this pick is that the Colts are switching defenses too. They're going from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So he's really going to be able to thrive in that kind of atmosphere he's on that like, defense. He's like your perfect weak side linebacker. Exactly. You know and they were saying? saying he could go on the strong side. Yeah, he can go he on the strong because he can match up against tight ends. We, we're going to find out how much of a pass rusher he is, but I think either outside linebacker spot, even if they want to throw some um, three, four looks in there, he can play on the inside as well. So, you know, this is a good pick, man. I'm glad he got he got selected. He's a good dude as well. This guy could be starting by midseason, if not before. He could probably be starting now. I mean, they, they were weak at linebacker. They took two linebackers. Yeah. That's how – week they were at that position they they definitely needed the help didn't go too much longer into the second round before we had our next pick and this was the guy everybody was talking about Dallas Godert and I texted you as soon as this pick happened the draft is backwards because the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles just selected a guy named Dallas but they just got a steal he wasn't even the first tight end off the board which I think surprised some people that was surprising but 6'5 256 you pretty much you were pretty much tired of us saying his name during the podcast during the season because every single week He's doing something. 
Dallas Goddard, the Eagles just got a steal. They're going to call him Philly Goddard in a, in a minute. When you look at him <laughs> uh, and what he's able to bring, now you look at that tight end core with Zach Ertz, Dallas <laughs> Goddard, and Billy Brown that they, they got as an undrafted free agent last year from Division II Shepard. That's a formidable three tight end set. And, and Goddard is more along the lines of a Travis Kelsey type, receiver type, yeah. improving as a blocker but gives them another valuable weapon that teams will have to find ways to match up with. I, again, this was a great pick. I thought he was going to go in the first round. Baltimore would have been a great spot seeing that they took a yep. tight end, but they took a 25-year-old Hayden Hurst, who's more of an H-back, but Goddard is more of what you would call your flex tight end. But I, I believe he can, he can play in line. He's improving as a blocker, like I said. He's a really good receiver, and the Eagles got a great one. And, and here's the thing, too. You're going to hate me a little bit for this because I know you're not a Carson Wentz guy, but he got the Missouri Valley connection, too. I mean, and honestly, you look at uh, who else on that team is on that team from the Missouri Valley Conference. There's a few, I There's think. There's a few, I believe. I have to double-check the roster. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, Goddard and Wentz, that, that's a D- Dakota marker. That's a Dakota marker game. Can they put it aside <laughs> to, for a common cause? Right. I, th- I think they Because that's the thing. You talk about these small schools, especially out there, even though these are blue blood programs, there's still that chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? Oh, we don't, you know, we don't get respect. Wentz has earned that somewhat. Mm-hmm. You might disagree. <laughs> but at the same time, this is going to be, and you said it, a pure offensive threat. Imagine you're facing the Eagles, and you're facing a five, you know, five, you know, empty backfield, mm-hmm. five wide, and instead of four wideouts and a tight end, you're facing two tight ends, and they're Ertz and Godard? And here's a here's – Oh, a, my gosh. And if, and if uh, <laughs> this is the, the underlying element, too, if Wentz can come back and not change his style – and still be that running threat. Now you really, if you go empty, you really have to. You got six threats. Bingo. Six. Like what? Do you, where do you go? Like you, you have to have six guys that can be man to man. You can't spy Wentz because that's going to open up somebody else one on one. You can't sit back in zone because if there's no pressure at this, if you're rushing four against a running a guy that can run. He's going to take off. And like he can't blitz because he's going to go right over the top five yard pattern. Right, hits hurts right in the middle, and he's gone. It's a, it's it's going to be scary. And they got two tall. They got a tall option out there on outside, and, and Jeffrey and a slot guy that's really good in Aguilar. It's going to be fun, man, to see how they match up uh, against the Eagles. And also, they've signed as an undrafted free agent um, from Sam Houston State, Jeremiah Briscoe. So we'll oh. see if he can compete and make the. He's going to have to beat out the third guy there in um, Nate Sutfeld. I think he's. They're about what and what, so that's going to be a tough – maybe he could make yeah. the practice squad. Well, we were saying before we came on here, folks, that the NFC East is now going to be an absolute war. It's yep. going to be a dogfight between all four teams, really. There's Everybody no, got better. There's no weak link. Um, let's move on, though, to, again, a, three guys going in the second round out of the FCS. Talk about a scary dude, though. P.J. Hall out of Sam Houston State. Now, again, Sam Houston, oh, offense. Offense, offense, offense. You <laughs> you better not look past this kid. D tackles. He's only six foot two ninety five. He's a little bit smaller from what you would expect for an NFL D tackle. But then you look at eighty six and a half tackles for loss, forty two sacks, and guys, this guy had fourteen blocked kicks for the defensive tackle position. This kid is an absolute beast up front. How does he work with the Oakland Raiders? He he's going to be able to move around um, because you mentioned defensive tackle, but he also has spent time at the nose tackle spot on the edge a little bit as a five technique. So he can be moved around the defensive defensive front. And down at the East-West Shrine game, he was killing in one-on-one. So, you know, he raised a lot of eyebrows there. A lot of people were talking about him. Uh, I know one NFC team in particular were, was very high on him 
down there at in, in St. Pete. So P.J. Hall is a phenomenal player, consistent like we talked about with Leonard four years, All-American four years, freshman All-American. You know, what more can you say? He's a highly decorated player coming out of Sam Houston State. And what I love about this, too, is that where Oakland was really strong on defense last year was at defensive end. Ed Rushers, you know, with a guy like Khalil Mack causing havoc. But then teams started to key in on them. Okay, we got, we, you know, there's not too much up the middle. There was some depth there, but we got to focus on the outside. You put this guy in on third down as a blitzer, he's going to bust open the middle. Okay, I got to defend him now. All of a sudden, it lets the edge rushers do their job. Right. And really get in and make the sacks if he doesn't get it himself. I mean, the guy had 42 sacks in his career, so he can do it by himself if he wants to. But as you said, big, this is a big man who can make plays. You don't often say that, especially about D tackles. You say that about D ends. But this kid, he's he could be absolutely anywhere. You could put him on special teams and try to get a rush in. Forget about it. This, this is a perfect pickup, I think, for Oakland on the defensive side of the ball. And then they followed it up. They go to the first pick of the third round. They trade up, and then they help themselves on the offensive side of the ball. Also on the land on the line, Brandon Parker, O tackle out of North Carolina A and T, six eight three zero five. We talked about him a lot. This guy is a tremendous pickup, and I think Oakland doesn't know what they have yet. It's funny when you look at Oakland, man. This is their their honey hole. Last year they took uh, Jalen Ware out of Alabama State. Yep. They come back this year, take P.J. Hall. They also come back and take uh, Brandon Parker. So they understand where the talent lies uh, in this country. They've also took a chance on who's now with the Giants, Titan from uh, Penn. Oh, man, his name slips me. I'm going I'm to look at it in, uh, um, in a second. But they understand – that, hey, the FCS has a ton of talent. And I will tell you this, uh, Ryan O'Malley out of Penn. And every game I'm at, whether it's a scouting game or a broadcast, I always see Riley McKenzie, the twin brother of Reggie McKenzie. He's always at a small college game. He's always around. Yep. He understands. So I like the Brandon Parker pick. He's six seven, great wingspan. Um, again, a guy that got better and better each week at the Senior Bowl. And so when you look at the Raiders and, and what they're trying to do, I know they got some guys. They already have a really good offensive line, but Donald Penn, they may uh, not be able to re-sign after next year. Um, they could use help on the right side. Even though they drafted Colton Miller, I think uh, Parker is a better player than Col- Colton Miller, so we'll see. Um, but I like this pickup for the Raiders. I think I think when it comes to Parker, I think he's going to be a depth guy to start with. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to immediately start at the NFL level. Right. Um, but he could develop into a star because he's learning from Tom Cable who's now the O-line coach in Oakland. That's a guy you want somebody who can kind of mold an offensive lineman. That's the guy you want to have. So I think, and you said at Oakland, this is the kind of thing that they do. They find these diamonds in the rough. You know, sometimes they leave you scratching your head, and then you watch them play, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's why you t- I mean, look at Darius Hayward Bay. That might be one of the ones that people are still scratching their heads over. But it's truly, like, this is what, the Oakland Raiders are one of these teams that consistently does this. So we'll see how Parker pans out. Um, that was it for day two. Nobody else from the SDS on day two. We got four. Uh, but then day three rolled around, and things got crazy, and it started pretty quickly in round four at pick 108. The quarterback from Richmond, Kyle Lawletta, goes to the Giants. This had people very, very, shall we say, intrigued, a little intrigued about this one. Is this guy Eli's replacement at some point? Is he a bridge, do you think, until they get a franchise quarterback? Or is he – where is he going to fit in here? Here's the thing, and I like this selection for the Giants. People are like, why you didn't take a quarterback at two? Well, you got the best player in the draft and Saquon Barkley at two. 
which people, I don't know why they're upset about them taking Saquon Barkley, but a lot of people are stupid. You know, <laughs> once you realize that, then everything could be okay. So they double back and get a quarterback in Kyle Loletta. You say that with a lot of things, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> there are stupid people. There are stupid people. You know, saying so once you realize that half the world is stupid, you you can you can. It live. makes things easier. Exactly. So Loletta, when you compare him to Davis Webb, Webb has the strongest arm out the two, clearly. Yeah. yeah. But. Loletta has the accuracy. I thought he was the most accurate quarterback in the draft. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Um, for all intents and purposes, he's a great guy. And I've been talking to my uh, former college coach, who's the coach down there at D-line coach down there at Richmond. He's always talking about Loletta, even before he became a guy that was a Senior Bowl guy. Yeah. Uh, he was like, hey, man, our quarterback is nice. Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. And um, Loletta went down there, broke records. And what I like about him juxtaposed to some of the quarterbacks in this draft class that went in the first round or some that went before him, in the big games, he played his best. Yes. Like, he was part of the upset of Virginia. It's funny how he can go into Charlottesville and beat Virginia, but Josh Allen can't go into Iowa and knock off the Hawkeyes or go into Oregon and complete 10 passes. You know, so <laughs> those are things that you, <laughs> that you worry about. Uh, so – Loletta played big in big games, and I think he's going to shine in the preseason. And also, Loletta, you look at him, he's got three years as a full starter as well. Which exactly. Some of these other big-name program guys, like a Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, don't have because they have to wait their turn. And he's a good athlete. And he's a good athlete. And what I love about him, too, and you saw it, I saw it in the, his uh, in his draft preview on several sites, is that the way he works through his progression. He's a very smart quarterback. He had you know His first year as a starter, he was a little little off with the ball had 15 picks but then he turns that around and he's a 24 25 touchdown guy and but he's still putting up 3,000 yards the kid is just smart with the football and that's the biggest thing you want out of a quarterback you can throw the ball from here to forever but if that thing's going to get picked I don't want you throwing it and uh, again going back to that Virginia game Virginia is a bad team on offense yes but defensively you got Quinn Bland you got Micah Kaiser you got Andrew Brown you got um uh, who else they had up front? There, there, was a, there was a good defense. Their offense was just trash. Yes. So he went against some dogs out there in uh, at Virginia, and, and they won that game. And he put up, what, threw forward 350-something yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. He balled out. So that's the type of guy you, that – and we saw him ball out in the senior bowl. So he can raise his level of play. Yeah. You know, so this is a good pick. I, I can't wait to see how it plays. You know, I, I cover the Giants, so – I can't wait to see how this plays out uh, during training camp. Exactly, and and game MVP for the Senior Bowl as well. Exactly, and you, I mean, you talked about it, the guy's a gamer. I would rather. I, that's why I'm a Carson Wentz fan because he wins games, not because. And that's why I hate it when people was comparing <laughs> Josh Allen to Carson Wentz. That's a travesty. Carson Wentz, like you said, was winning <laughs> games, winning championships. Carson Carson Wentz went into Ames, Iowa, uh, or Iowa City, wherever Iowa State is, and beat the Cyclones in his first start. Yeah. So yeah. so how can Josh Allen not throw complete 10 passes against Oregon? <laughs> a bad or This was a bad Oregon team. <laughs> so when they was trying to make that comparison because they both played uh, for Craig Bowl, um, no, Wentz was light years better than Josh Allen. See, folks, this is how I trigger Emery. I just say Wentz three times, and all of a sudden <laughs> he just goes off on a tangent. Uh, let's get back, though, into the FCS guys that were picked this year. And it continued to round four, and – the uh, we got some big sky action coming out here. Teron Johnson of Weber State, the corner, he goes to Buffalo. Um, just a good football player all around. Special teams guy, great defender. Where do you see him as part of this Bills defense though, which is always very very stout. The Bills took two uh, 
FCS guys in the secondary, and they both are great players. They took Saran Neal later in the in the fifth round out of Jacksonville State. Uh, but when you look at uh, Teron Johnson, I thought he and he was the Big Sky MVP, right? Yep. But I thought one of his best games was in that loss in that playoff game against James Madison. Mm-hmm. I thought he played his butt off. Yep. Um, and he's a good matchup corner, great ball skills, good inter- good uh, athleticism. And Saran Neal, I just jump ahead a little bit, but Saran Neal is a guy that played corner at Jacksonville State, but also can play inside as a, like a slot safety or overhang defender. He's very physical at the uh, at the line of scrimmage, um, so you can match him up against bigger wide receivers or, or tight ends. You can put him on the outside, put him in on the inside, and now you take two guys that got matchup skills and ball skills to go along with what they signed last year in Jordan Poyer and uh, Micah Hyde. Their secondary is going to be excellent this year. So kudos for the Bills for going to the FCS ranks to find two outstanding secondary players as a Jets fan I am quite nervous now <laughs> very very and I also have, I have a buddy too who's a Dolphins fan he's like oh I can't wait to see Darnold get picked like 20 times this year I'm like, he's not gonna play a b no <laughs> but at the same time with this Buffalo secondary you're right the, the rich got richer and with Johnson I don't know if he's gonna be a top two corner just yet I think he's more of a number three guy that you're gonna see you know when they need him and kind of being as you said like a, a, a corner or a safety type um, but as like I was saying before, though, just an all-around good football player, really good ball skills. Um, he's going to be successful for several years. In I think this he league. can. I think he can uh, win that that nickel job because he will have to compete with Philip Gaines. Because remember, they drafted Tre'Davious White last right. year. They signed Vonta Davis. Um, so they're looking they, for that guy. They haven't found him yet. Right, because last year you saw a guy, um, You sometimes you saw Jordan Poirier or Micah Hyde match up in the slot, which is fine because they can do that. But now you have a guy, I think, in Teron Johnson that can take that role away from those guys so they can play back deep a little bit more and just spy on the ball and, and take the ball away. So that's why they went after him, which was a great signing in my opinion. Let's move now to uh, we moved into the late fourth round, and we had a couple guys go in a row. Uh, we're going to start at round four, pick 134 to the Cardinals. Chase Edmonds, the running back out of Fordham, uh, 5'9", 205, pretty good size, but you're in, you're intrigued by this league. He dominated the Patriot League. I mean, I don't know what that says exactly, but what do you think of this pick? Is he Does he make an immediate impact, or is he going to have to really work for it? He also dominated Army, too. I was at that game when he dominated Army, and that upset win uh, two years or three years ago. Um, it had a decent game against Navy, so he's played well, and he was off to a great start in the um, – Shrine game. He had a really good first day, then sprained an ankle and missed the rest of the week and, and also the game. But in this one, when you look at that depth chart, uh, you know, you got David Johnson, who's been oft injured. You got uh, Darius Victor, if you remember him from Towson, the fire plug running back. Yep. So he's going to have to battle to make the roster. They also have Alec Torgerson. Shout out to, to Carlos for having Alec Torgerson on the roster as well, quarterback pin. <laughs> um, but he has a chance to really be the second back in this. In, on this team behind David Johnson. Also, I think if we're talking about from a pure running back perspective, vision, shiftiness, elusiveness, he's better than David Johnson. Ooh. Where David Johnson had – oh, wow, David Johnson, Northern Iowa, another FCS Hey, guy. well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting, yeah. right? So <laughs> when you look at David Johnson, you know, yes, he's a he's a, a receiving threat, one of the best receiving backs in the, in the game. Um, he has breakaway speed. But he's not natural as a running back, in my opinion. So that's why right. I think Chase is better as a runner, as a pure runner. But obviously, when you're talking about all-around skills, 
I can understand why people will say, oh, David Johnson is, is way better. But I do think there's an opportunity for uh, Edmonds to win that job or play a significant role because I compared his game to Deion Lewis. And I think that's where – obviously, I would give a guy like him featured carries. So, but he's going to have to play a, a spot role. I think he's going to win that number two job because there's not really much competition uh, outside of maybe D.J. Foster from Arizona State that's on the roster. That, that started to come on late in the season last year. Well, here's the thing, too. You talk about Evans. He's more of a pure rusher. He did have 86 catches for seven touchdowns as well. But And people are going to be knocking him. He did have an injury in the senior year, which hurt him a bit. Um, the only time he was hurt. That's the only time. Because here's the thing, folks. Oh, he only ran for 577. Why are we taking him? Take a look back at his previous year. As a freshman, he had his best year, 1,800 yards. As a true freshman. As a true freshman. Played played 14 games, 23 scores. He put up another 20 as a sophomore and 19 more. He's over 1,500 yards his first three years of college. If he doesn't get hurt in his senior season, he's rolling. He's rolling. He's probably going second day, would you think? Third round, fourth, second round maybe? Second round, yeah. So... You know, the only thing that knocked him was a slight injury. But other than that, this kid is an absolute stud. And, he, you know, we've been saying that for quite a long time. Um, and the Patriot League knows that, too. They've had to deal with him for four years. They're glad he's leaving. But I think this is a guy that will be a third down back. I think he will make an impact right away for uh, the Cardinals. And, the, again, it's another one of these. The fans don't know what they've got yet until they start seeing the preseason. They're like, whoa, okay. I think we made the right idea here. Let's continue on. The next guy down the board uh, in the fourth round at 135. Another interesting pick. Another defensive guy coming out of the Southland. How is this happening? <laughs> uh, John Franklin Myers, uh, the defensive end out of Stephen F. Austin, goes to the Rams. 6'4", 283. An above-average player, do you think? Or do you think he's going to be more of a special teams guy in the, in the next level? No, I think he's going to be an above-average player. And, and I, I saw. I know what you mean when you talk about defensive players coming out of the Southland because that's an all-offense league, right? Exactly. It's the FCS version of the Big 12. However, when you look at the, the way they throw the football around the yard, the one thing you're going to get experience in is how to cover and how to get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that, that Franklin can do well. He can really get after the quarterback. And he's landing in an ideal spot because he gets to work with one of the best defensive coordinators in Wade Phillips in the yes. league. And so he was playing a little bit out of position at – Sam Houston, I'm sorry, Stephen F. Austin. Um, oh my God, I don't want to make that mistake again. The Battle of the Piney Woods. Oh like yeah, a, uh, but you know, this is <laughs> they took two outstanding players. They they on defense they went obviously in the, in their draft as far as the FCS is concerned. They focus on the line of scrimmage. You get Jamil Denby out of Maine, one of the best linemen in the CAA, and you take John Franklin out of Stephen F. Austin. And I think Franklin can play any one of the three spots in their three four defense, even if they go to a forty front. They can utilize him in a multitude of ways because, again, he can pressure the quarterback. We know that. Uh, so this was a good pick, and they got him in the fourth round. So I like the selection. I like the fit because he's going to a great D.C. A nice a nice value pick. Nice right. value pick for the Rams. Uh, let's move on here. We'll do one more before we take a quick break here. Uh, we'll move into round five, pick 144, and this is the guy that we were both very high on uh, during the season. Justin Watson, the wide receiver out of Penn, uh, goes to the Bucks 6'2", 215. Uh, finalist for the Ivy League Player of the Year, um, just an absolute throw it up and let him catch it. It's like he's got Velcro within five feet of his hands. It's not even on his hands. He's got just like giant paddles. It's going to be caught somewhere along the line. But this is an absolute steal in the fifth round for the Bucks. Every game I've been at a pin game, he has starred. 
back when they upset Villanova. He was a big player in that game. Back when they beat Harvard on a Friday night in at Penn, he was a big player in that game. Down at the uh, uh, Lafayette, I'm sorry, Lehigh this year, he was a big player in that game when everybody was scoring against that Lehigh defense. At the Shrine game, had a great week, so great of a week that he got called up to the Senior Bowl and continued to have a great week. So every time I've seen him live, he's balled out. That's why I was shocked he wasn't a combine invite, but kudos to the Bucks for landing the guy that's going to, you know, he's going to be a tremendous talent in that offense because I think he can play all three spots. So whether right. they want to utilize him on the outside and move Deshaun uh, Jackson inside or use him as the bigger slot receiver and keep J- Deshaun Jackson outside, either way, this guy is going to find a way to make plays. He's going to consistently find himself open, has great hands, and also can make things happen after the catch. We saw Penn give him a lot of end of rounds. Yes. He was like you know running, running the football real well. So he's a guy that puts the ball in the end zone. And I'm always the guy that can score. If you can score the ball, I want you on my team. Exactly. Where do you think he fits on this depth chart right now? Is he third or fourth receiver on that depth chart, do you think? Well, when, when you talk about Tampa Bay, you instantly talk about Mike Evans, and you talk about the two tight ends, right, Brate and Howard. Right. And you also look at um, Deshaun Jackson. Now, they, they drafted Chris Godwin last year of Penn State. But to me, I, you know, I know Adam Humphreys is another one that, that, played, that played well last year. I like him over Chris Godwin. I thought he catches. The, I think he catches the ball consistently. Yeah. So he has a chance to be that third wide receiver. And here's the, the unique part about it: it's going to be preseason that people are going to, you know, this is where these guys shine. He's going to build quick chemistry with Ryan Fitzpatrick, another Ivy League guy. Ah, yes. See they're, how that works. They're busy out? calculating. You know, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yes, at a 34 degree angle, this pass will find <laughs> you at exactly 22.2 yards. Good. So, okay, uh, throw. <laughs> imagine, imagine the chemistry they're going to have, and I think. That uh, that's uh, the key, and also shout out to the Bucks for having another FCS guy, Noah Spence, defensive end out of Eastern Kentucky on the roster. Exactly, and yeah, the chemistry on the field, and then the conversations in the locker room are just going to be just tremendous, just just very cultured, right? <laughs> very very cultured. Also, Ryan Smith too out of North Carolina Central, another FCS guy they have on the roster. It's almost like there's and Cameron Breed out of Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like there are good players in the FCS. Who would have knew? Uh, Who would have known that? I, I think there's two people in this room, and there's only two of us in here, folks. So I think we both do, folks. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we still got a, a lot of picks to go through, which is really really nice for the FCS. Um, we got the rest of round five, round six, round seven, and then we're gonna break down uh, 2017. We're gonna get our first look at 2017. High draft picks. 2019. 2019. Right. I'm going backwards in time. <laughs> Don't worry about me, uh, <laughs> but uh, actually worry a lot about me. We're going to look at the next guys for the 2019 draft. Who could be up there at the top? Who do we, who we think is going are going to be big names to look out for? We'll have that when we come back after this quick commercial break. So you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now is the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 19. 
1964. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit GoCSB.com. Welcome back, folks, to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. David Hassigan here with the Czar of the Playbook, Emery Hunt. We are breaking down the 2018 draft. Draft day has come and gone. Can't believe it's already over. We're looking at minicamps pretty soon, Emery. That's that's the crazy thing. We're almost to that point. Uh, But let's move into more draft picks. We've got a ton more to go, so let's get right into it. I'm going to start at round number 5, 145. Belial Nichols, the defensive tackle out of Delaware, went to the Bears. 6'4", 306. This is a big, big dude. Um, Big-time run stopper in college. Wasn't as much of a pass rusher. Really kind of stayed in the middle. Where do you see Belial Nichols fitting into this defense? Because they do run a 3-4 in Chicago. Is he going to get enough playing time, do you think, starting on defense? I think so, because when you look at um, his skill set, versatility is the name of the game. And if you follow... The, the Bears and, and how they drafted this entire draft, guys that can play multiple positions. They even signed as an undrafted free agent one of my favorite players in Abdullah Anderson from Bucknell. Mm. So guys that can play across the board. Bilal Nichols had a great week at the Shrine game. Um, 6'4", 290, can play multiple spots up front. 3-4 defense, can also pressure the quarterback. So, yes, he's going to have a role. And, you know, they view him as uh, you know a guy that's going to plug up the run game. But don't be surprised if he has, you know, a underrated sack stats because one thing I noticed at the Shrine game is that during one-on-one periods he has a multitude of of moves getting to the quarterback so he's not just a power rush he's not a push-pull rip guy he has he has some skills some nuance so I like this fit for Chicago it's gonna be an interesting pick and again it will be interesting to see if they see him more as a DN or a nose tackle but I think he will have an impact as more of a rotation guy I think um, at least in his first couple of years on that defense, but the Bears need as much help as they can get, so <laughs> they will definitely take him. Um, moving down the fifth round, the fifth round was really stacked up with FCS talent, and we move to round five, 151. Devontae Harris out of Illinois State, the corner goes to the Bengals. Good size for a corner, 5'11", 205. Um, a great special teams guy, and he can also play safety. Another one of these versatility guys you talked about. Uh, goes to Cincinnati. Yeah, and again, great instincts and, and bursts. Uh, I like his explosiveness. He also has ball skills. And you talk about the Shrine game. How important was it for all these FCS guys getting down there to St. Pete and performing in front of those scouts, coaches, and personnel decision makers because he left an impression as well. And he also had a really good workout at the Combine. Ball skills, explosiveness out of his breaks, good instincts to play zone and also man so Cincinnati is getting themselves a really good corner that they can put on the boundary or also on the field side or even in the slot quite like you mentioned safety exactly and and on special teams that's where he really excelled as well um while at Illinois State playing for the Redbirds uh so we'll see what he does for the Bengals uh move down just three more pick three picks later Pick 154, Saran Neal, cornerback out of Jacksonville State. Again, we talked about him a little bit earlier from the Bills. Another extremely versatile secondary guy going up to Buffalo. Yeah, and Saran Neal, physical. I love his attitude. I talked with him at the combine. He embraces press coverage. He actually loves it. Oh, that's a joy. So he's like, I get to really dig my hands in the chest of a receiver and take his soul. 
When he, when, that's <laughs> impressive. But so, but he also is over aggressive, which means he's probably going to be best as a safety. However, like I said, when you face up against bigger wide receivers, let's say you're facing the Philadelphia Eagles, who have an Alshon Jeffrey, and you're inside the red zone. You maybe don't have a corner that can match up right. physically. You put Neil out there, who's about six one, six two, and he can match up with him in height and also physicality so that's a matchup that you can win and then you can move you know Tredavious White elsewhere so I love this pick for Buffalo it gives them another matchup piece in the secondary and look at the and look at the matchup he's going to get in the division looking at an offense like the Patriots we don't know obviously what Gronkowski's future is going to be but a guy like that you could almost stick this kid on him and just say all right just knock him over knock him over in those first five yards and then see what happens um, but I, I really like it and as you said, a great run support guy as well. He's able to come downhill and mm-hmm. support in the running defense as well, and, and above average tackler as well in the secondary, which is what you really, really need. Um, and which is again another point in these AFC East offenses is good running back play. Patriots always have a good running back. You've got the Jets who have loaded up on running back talent, and they did it again this year in the draft. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how much play he gets and how early. Um, let's move down to the. Uh, the last pick of the fifth round from the FCS, 159. Darice Fountain, the wide receiver out of Northern Iowa. I was shocked he went down this far uh, with how his grades were. 6'2", he's a big dude, 6'2", 209. Um, vertical threat, too. The kid has some absolute speed. How did this guy fall to the fifth? I don't know. And and he was also a combine snub. So that was a big question. Like, wow, he didn't even get invited to the combine after coming off a stellar performance in the Shrine game and also throughout the week of practices. He was a, a, a standout. Uh, however, he does land to an ideal spot, a team that has a couple of FCS receivers already in uh, Chester Rogers out of Grambling and now Doris Fountain. So th- I think he has a chance to not only make the team, obviously, but find a, a way to be that fourth receiver because of his explosiveness. He may even also be able to return kicks, so who knows? Um, or that job may go to Naheem Hines out of North Carolina State. But I think this was a good pickup because, again, they need to add perimeter threats. Uh, they're light right now on, on a perimeter. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know they brought in Ryan Grant. They got Chester Rogers, T.Y. Hilton still there. They drafted Deion Kane out of, of out of Clemson. Uh, Creshawn Hogan, uh, Hogan out of Marion, an NAIA program, is a really good receiver. So outside of that, the rest of the guys are, are guys that may not make the roster, so he has a chance to not only stick but also contribute. Exactly, and I, and I think you know Andrew Luck is saying, you know, finally it looks like we're trying to get something for me. Because really, Andrew, I mean, Andrew Luck has had his own problems to be to be sure, but um, just to finally get him some a cup more than one or two weapons, because really they don't have much too much in the tight end department either, do they? In Indianapolis, it's really kind of the cupboard's kind of bare. They, they bring in Eric Ebron, so we'll see. You know, and Jack Doyle was a good fullback last year uh, for them. But, yeah, you're right. That I, That's about those two guys. And, and if Ebron was that contributor, he wouldn't have left Detroit. That was a big disappointment for the Lions, drafting him in the first round. Exactly. Let's move on now to the sixth round um, at 192. You had the Rams coming in. Once again, Rams, another t- team that likes to come in and uh, take FCS talent. They do it again at 192. They take Jameel Denby, the offensive tackle out of Maine. Now, Maine had a really rough year uh, this year in the CAA, but this guy, 6'5", 335, is another big, big, strong man. What do you think the Rams got out of him? A good 
versatile combo player. He can play guard or tackle. So mm. they can utilize him wherever they need. Good utility player. And he's also a fan of the football game plan network. He told me that personally <laughs> at the combine. We were we were after we were he was on the podium, we were interviewing him, and then I went out and talked to a coach and you know, like twenty minutes done passed and he was done, so he was leaving. He stopped me. He was like, Hey man, I, I wanted to come introduce myself. He said, You're the czar of the playbook. I watch you all the time on YouTube it was like the videos you guys do. I was like, wow. And I had to think like, man, these guys, you know, we started doing video in 2009. So a lot of these guys really have grown up watching football game playing videos. So they know. Shout out to Jamil <laughs> Denby, man. Plus, you know, he's a good dude, productive player, great player. Uh, and it's going to be a nice versatile piece to move all around that offensive line for the Rams. See, he knows you. I don't I don't think he knows me very You much. just got on the scene. That's why. I, it's... Um... They haven't asked for hash browns yet. <laughs> just, just, shut, <laughs> shut up. Uh, let's move to, to uh, another pick in the sixth round, 196. Tremont Smith, the corner out of central Arkansas. Mike McCarthy's beloved Purple Bears. He goes to the Chiefs, 5'11", 183. He's going to be an instant impact guy on special teams. Yeah, absolutely. And he also has ball skills. And I think he can play in a slot. I graded him as a slot receiver, a, sl- a slot corner. He can also play on the outside. Um, so... You know, Kansas City had to revamp their entire secondary, and they get a guy that was, you know, explosive, has the instincts, has the ball skills, and also is a really good punt return. It had a big return uh, for a touchdown against Arkansas State. So, again, FCS talent, good athlete. A lot of these guys coming out of high school are making more informed choices. Hey, I can get on the field earlier at Central Arkansas. Right. And they're making the most of their opportunity. Kudos to him. And you talk about the, the Chiefs, they revamped their entire defense. Not a single offensive player uh, on their draft class, but they only took only one other guy in the secondary, and that was Armani Watts out of A&M. Um, but he gets to learn under Al Harris. He gets to learn out of freehind Emmett Thomas as well, so as his coaches. This guy, I think, will he's going to get more snaps than people think, I think, in his first year. I think especially once he gets into the second and third year of his career, I think he's really going to become a set piece to this defense. But He's going to get some snaps in the first year around because of his ball skills, especially too. He's really good at picking up on the on the ball. He's got pretty above average speed as well, which is always a help. Um, let's go now to um, round six, pick number two hundred. I'm apologizing. Foyer Oluokin. Thank you for the bailout there on that one. The safety out of Yale, uh, linebacker out of Yale. They drafted him as a safety. Which position do you think he's playing though? For Both. The Falcons. It's going to be like that hybrid, like we see Deion Buchanan do okay. with the Arizona uh, Cardinals. Remember, we were at the uh, we were at the Ivy League Awards, and his teammate actually was the Bushnell Cup Defensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. and Matthew Oplinger. But during the pro day circuit, the workout circuit, Oluokin was the one that started to get the buzz because he tested through the roof. So that's what got him drafted, and Oplinger didn't get drafted. But shout out to the Ivy League for getting two guys drafted. Um, you know, Watson and, and Oluokin. And when you look at him, he was an outside linebacker for uh, – or sorry, a safety for Yale, but he's going to be probably be that, that hybrid guy that can play. So when you go to, to nickel defense, instead of putting a linebacker out there, a, a true linebacker, you put him out there and you really got a dime defense uh, disguised as a nickel uh, because he's a, he's one that can cover. he got good range. We'll see if he can play as well as he tested because that's why Opplinger mm-hmm. was the defensive player of the year. Right. But – you don't forget about this kid. He had 271 tackles over his four years. This That's kid was him. no slouch. No Shout slouch. Yale. Yale's going to be good next year, man. Yale's going to be good. Put some respect on the Ivy League. Come Shout on. out to Kurt Rawlins. <laughs> I, 
Yale, Columbia somehow is good now, Harvard's still there, Penn, Ivy League could be wide open. Let them into the playoffs. Oh, Ivy they're going to get there soon. Watch. Ivy League, get into the playoffs. Trust me on this. You are going to win some games. Wait till the, once they find a way to get the money right, they go. They go make the move. Ah, jeez. Let's move on to the the last pick of the sixth round at two twelve. Another East Coast uh, college player, Greg Sinat, the O tackle out of Wagner, going to the Ravens. Six six three zero two. This is a weird one. This is an intriguing pick. It's another one of these guys. We had a couple of stories like this during the draft. Guys that were not. Full-time football players. We had we had one guy producing singles for Rick Ross. We have another guy who was training for the Olympics in 2020. We had one guy who was from Australia who had never played a down, but he's 6'8", 365. This is another guy like that played four years of basketball at Wagner, only two years of football at O-Tackle. This is a very raw, raw talent, but they obviously saw something in him to take him, the Ravens. Shout-out to Coach uh, Hotiling at Wagner, you know, head coach. Uh, Jason Hotelling, he was outstanding in the support of Sinet, and he was down there at the East-West Shrine game. We talked a lot while he was down there at, at one practice, and and Greg was holding his own in pass rush drills. Like he was really doing a really good job. Um, so the upside is there, and credit for him for realizing that football was in his future. And so again, went to the combine, played well at the East-West Shrine game, first draft pick since 2009 from the Northeast Conference, first player from the Northeast Conference to get invited to the Shrine game. A lot of accolades, and he's moldable. He's a guy that has uh, upside that they like to see, and that's why you take a guy like him in the sixth round because now you're going to continue to build on what he's already been doing. And it's surprising because he went ahead of a guy out here as well in, on Long Island in Timon Paris who went undrafted. I forgot where he signed, ended up signing, but he went undrafted. So, right. you know, People saw the upside in Sinet, and that's why it's important for these guys to get to these All-Star games. And the and biggest thing, too, with the Ravens is they're adding depth, too. They took Orlando Brown Jr. as well in the draft this year. Um, but at tackle, they've definitely they needed some help. It's an aging O-line. Uh, Andrew Donnell, James Hurst, Stephen Moore, and Ronnie Stanley. So it's really not too much on the depth chart at O-tackle for the Ravens at this point. they got a lot of guards, but not too many tackles. So this is a nice little pickup for them. And the... the, the uh I think they drafted a quarterback in the first round. I think so. I don't know. Some guy did did he win something? I I don't know. I can't keep up with all these stuff. This stuff in college football, these awards hey, and stuff. Yeah, I, it's not Robert Griffin the third, is he? No, no. no, no. He I think he kind of won the same award. So I don't I don't know, man. It possibly, but I, all I will say though, shout folks, out to Delaware by the way. <laughs> the Lamar Jackson <laughs> going in the first round on Joe Flacco's last year of guarantee money. Joe, you better be looking over your shoulder. Shout out to Delaware, but Joe auditioning this year. <laughs> Joe's auditioning for something. I don't know. We don't know what that is just yet. Let's move into the seventh round. Only a couple more picks to go from this year. At 243, Keon Crossan, the cornerback uh, out of West Carolina, goes to New England. Uh, 5'9", 178, but a really better mover in speed than for his, for his size. As you say, size is not a skill. Here's the thing. If I had to bet money on a catamount getting drafted, I would have went with the Trez Newsome, the tailback. Right. But Crossan tore up the pro day circuit just like Oluokun did out of Yale so again you know it, when you when you have an opportunity to showcase your speed and athleticism it forces teams to go back to the tape although they've already seen the tape maybe they go back with a different lens and look at what you were able to do and how it translates so kudos for him I think he's a guy that's going to star on special teams with that speed probably as a gunner out the gate but once again Anytime New England makes a selection, people always say, 
Well, they know what they're doing. He's a star already. Right. It's, it's over. So we'll see. We'll see. They took a tight end in the seventh round out of Florida State and Izzo. He's probably going to get 60 catches right. this season. So that, that's just he's going to be good. New England took him. Move on. And shout out to that Catamounts program. They were on the brink of the playoffs this year, too. So. Exactly. Exactly. But you didn't win at the end. Well, did we you, pick them? The, well, I think I picked them to pick the upset uh, mm. North Carolina. I think it was a game of intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of missed that one, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> Let's move on, though. The last, uh, last draft pick out of the FCS – uh, in the 2018 draft, came at 248. Um, didn't get Mr. Irrelevant. Sorry, but uh, Kendall Donerson, the linebacker out of Southeast Missouri State, the OVC getting a little bit more love. Uh, 6'3", 247. Good speed, had a rough 2017, but this guy is fast. He's really fast off the edge. If I was to bet money that a Southeast Missouri State linebacker would get drafted, I would have went Cam Meredith. I'm glad I don't go and bet these things the, with you. The 6'4", 225-pound <laughs> uh, linebacker that was a star all four seasons. But when you don't have the athleticism that Donerson has, that's the difference. You know, he's a guy that lived in the backfield last year with 13 TFLs, something like that, something some like crazy that, yeah. number. So, again, I get it. I'm glad these guys are getting drafted, getting selected. And so when you look at the undrafted free agents, there's a bunch of guys. that Malik Reeves out of Villanova, Trey Johnson out of Villanova, uh, Daquan Richardson out of Bethune-Cookman. Jawel Davis got signed by the Giants out of Bethune-Cookman. Yep. There's a ton of FCS guys. Jalen Acklin, the receiver out of Western Illinois. Um, Jordan Gandy of Missouri State. Malik Earl of Missouri State. So a ton of guys. Uh, Jack Hennigan, quarterback of Dartmouth, got signed by the San Francisco 49ers. Jack Kanoff has an opportunity to work out with the Arizona Cardinals. So there's still a Martez Carter and Danny Johnson, two two guys from the SWAC, now at uh, at Washington. So Danny Johnson's going to make that team. You know, he was my number one slot corner. He's he's going to make. That. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. And Martez Carter, I think, has a chance to be the third back in that um, Redskins backfield. You got some IJP Ryan. They drafted Darius guys. I think uh, Rob Kelly may be the odd man out. Chris Thompson is still there, um, and it's sad for Keith Marshall out of Georgia who can't stay healthy. Yeah. So Carter has a chance to maybe, you know, whittle him out, um, you know, with his return skills. So it's been a great year for the FCS. Exactly. And Donaldson, by the way, going to the Packers at 248. Uh, but as you said, 19 picks, folks. A new record for the FCS. Finally, people starting to recognize it's still D1. It's still D1. It's just not on TV. Two more guys uh, that went undrafted that end up in good situations. Ross Dwelly, yep. uh, University of San Diego, Pioneer League guy. Um, I think he's in San Francisco. Andrew Vollard, Weber State, Arizona. Two good opportunities right there as well. And, folks, if you want to take a look at there's a whole list. If you go to FCS Stats, they have the list of everybody who has been invited, everybody who has been signed as a non-drafted free agent out of the FCS by every single team. You can go onto the website. They have the whole list there. They're constantly updating it. Shout out to Craig Haley, who runs FCS uh, Stats. That dude is is phenomenal. He's a good dude, and we got to have him on the show when we start doing our uh, season previews. I mean, I, I I wouldn't say no, Craig. Craig. Craig you? is cool people. Craig Craig gets it done, man. Like to to have that stuff up and ready to go uh, as it was happening real time. Um, I don't want I don't want to have to fly him out though. Can he can he drive? Is he right there. He right there in in, in Philly. I oh, think good, Philly perfect. area. All right, perfect. Oh, so we don't even, one of those. Good. We don't even have to treat him to a flight. We just have to treat him to a meal, and he'll come on yeah, the yeah. yeah. Come on, like, Craig. Just. Get a, get or that, we get can go here. to Cheap Row and just have him call in the Skype in. 
We don't want to be that. We want to have some 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 class though. Yeah, you know, some class. We're fine. Craig, we're fine. Just, we'll, we'll make it work. Craig, just just have just, a, have your people create call out people. We we get we get it done. I'm my own people, so just call me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, I can't believe we're saying this. Let's move forward to the 2018-2019 season and the 2019 draft. And folks, don't worry. In a couple weeks, we are going to have conference by conference every Monday breaking it down in the FCS for the upcoming season. Starting with the big sky and go right down the line. We're going to have that in about in about two weeks, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and two what weeks. we're going to be doing is going to be great because it's going to be conference week. Yep. So we'll do a podcast on on Monday. We'll do the all star the all the preseason all conference teams on Tuesday, um, the recruiting roundup on Wednesday, and you know draft prospects on Thursday, and the whole preview of the season on friday how about that man that's exciting right we're gonna be it, it, i can't believe we're gearing up for the next season already where is what happened to off season there, there is, is no, no off season, season. Man. <laughs> so um we will be breaking it down but let's move forward and let's in general we'll take a look at the 2019 players to watch for the nfl draft again it's very early anything can happen during the season anything can happen with the teams in the nfl during the season but let's just throw some names out there emory and i'll let you go first on this one Guys that you think could be early draft prospects for 2019. Rob Rowe out of Villanova. Ooh, going think Nova. About the, think about the secondary. I just talked about Malik Reeves and Trey Johnson, two corners. Rowe would have been the guy that had been drafted this year uh, had he not torn his ACL. Yeah. So he's a free safety but can match up against anybody. So to me, that's the one that's going to break the bank on uh, – you know where he's going to get drafted. You know he's a tremendous talent, and I, you know, he had seven interceptions in 2016 and missed, you know, the entire season with an ACL this year. So getting him back healthy, 100, percent it's going to be good for that defense. I think Villanova is going to be a sleeper team because they get a, they get damn near everybody back healthy. You know, remember right. how they, they had that rash of injuries with exactly. all their key players. So uh, keep down on the Wildcats, but I, I like Rob Roll. I'm going to throw a name out here too, and I know I've talked some smack about the Bison. We've all talked smack about the Bison in the Missouri Valley. But Bruce Anderson, watch out for the running back from North Dakota State because this guy was a game breaker, especially in big games last year. I mean, you talk about, I mean, we've had great. He's still scoring against Sam Houston State. <laughs> he's, the, he's just running. He's, <laughs> he's, he's Forrest Gumping his way to the NFL somewhere along the line. But you look at what this kid does in big games, and he just overperforms. And we talked about a guy like Abdullah who came out of JMU last year. Look at this guy for this upcoming season to really become a star. And, I mean, to star on a team that has won as many national titles as they have and not be the quarterback, you're doing something right. I think he could go, this could be a first-rounder. I think Bruce Anderson Ooh. has the potential to be a late first-round pick if he has a Ooh. big 2018. Check you out going deep. I, I, you're throwing I'm, it deep on first I'm, down. I'm just I like saying. It. I'm just saying. And I got one other, but I'm going to let you throw out another name first and see if we agree. Keelan Doss. That's receiver. what I was going. All right. <laughs> That's where he's, I was going. He's like, he plays a pro game already, you know. And UC Davis was good to start the season. Then he kind of tail, tailed off. They may have a breakthrough this year in the Big South that now welcomes in Idaho. So the Big South should Big be Sky. exciting. I'm oh, sorry, Big Sky. Shout out to the Big South, though. They get Hampton. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and, Northern, and North Alabama. Um, but Big Sky should be interesting, you know, yes. uh, with Idaho coming in. But I do like Doss. I think Doss is a tremendous player. Um, again, he he is the the he's going to be the Cooper Cup, the Justin Watson of this year's class, in my opinion, from the subdivision. 
I got one more name now that you've stolen my other offensive guy. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball, though. Marlon Bridges, D-back out of Jacksonville State. I think this is a guy, again, only going into his junior year, so we'll see if he comes out early. He won't, but go ahead. He probably won't, but you know what? Jacksonville (laughs) State, again, the class of the OVC, did they perform in the playoffs? No, but I think this kid has above-average skills just about anywhere. I think he's got a real shot. And before you go to one more, I'm going to go to Sam Houston State, too. Nathan Stewart. Keep an eye on yes, Nathan Stewart, like Nathan the wide Stewart. receiver. Again, only a sophomore this past year. He's going to become a junior. He's going to get better somehow. And I don't know how in that kind of offense. Now, I know, oh, it's Big 12. Everybody runs and guns. Yeah, but they still have decent secondaries that you have to pass over. So Nathan Stewart, I think, could be a real diamond in the rough for somebody at Sam I, Houston. I'll give you one more. He was going to be a draft pick this year. But he didn't play this year. Took a step back from the program. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, it, you know I'm going with this. This it's an obvious one. It's just the biggest one on the list. It's Larry Allen the third. There it is. And he's get listen, here's what I like about Larry Allen. When I watched him play, he was an athletic guard. Uh, mm-hmm. talking about the son. Obviously the dad was a monster. It was a you know um, Legacy. Legacy, you know, <laughs> Hall of Famer. But his son was outstanding as far as athleticism is concerned. And now they have a new offensive line coach in Anthony Marino. Mm. Well. So, <laughs> and you know where uh, Coach Marino comes from, right? I'll give you two guesses. Take a guess. Uh, let's see. Is he coming from the NFL? Somewhere? No, he's coming from college. He's coming from college somewhere. Okay, I'm going to get JMU. No, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. Okay, uh, North Dakota State? Uh, No. Okay, I had my two guesses, so where the hell is he? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Marino is coming from Lehigh. Ooh. Yes. Think about Ooh. Lehigh's offensive line. Brandon Short was a center. Oh, okay. Uh, Brandon, I think it's Brandon okay. Short. And Zach Duffy, who also is one of my favorite players. He's He uh, signed a free agent contract with the Indianapolis Colts um, okay. this year. So he's a tryout. But Andy Marino is the run game coordinator and offensive line coach, the new offensive line coach for Harvard. He's coming from Lehigh. Last year their offensive line was great. You can't produce all those yards. Um, passing and running without having good offensive line. And he constantly had guys on the All-Patriot League team and All-Conference, All-American team. And uh, so I think Coach Marino does a great job with the offensive line. So he's going to get the most out of Larry Allen the third. And also I wanted to say shout-out to Troy Pelletier, the wide receiver for Lehigh. I forgot where he just signed. but um, Yeah, it just happened overnight, didn't it? It just happened overnight. Yeah. So he signed somewhere. Peter Puyall signed somewhere. Um, and Gatlin Casey was the other receiver at Lehigh who transferred, grad transferred to Middle Tennessee State. So we'll see him at the FBS level this year. Oh, he's fancy. He's at the FBS. Yes. He could have just stayed Shout there, out to the Blue man. Raiders. Just stay there. Stay in the FCS. You're fine. Folks, that's going to wrap things up for us here. Again, we've got some big weeks, a couple weeks out from you're, you're going to be sick and tired of hearing us before the season even starts. We're doing conference by conference, week by week, not just day by day, week by week. Um, we're going to put out a full schedule, hopefully, um, before this happens. You know when your conference is coming up. We're going to go conference by conference, team by team, breaking down the upcoming season, who they got out of recruiting, who is transferring in or out, either one, and we'll see, will there be some more intrigue in some big-name conferences? We're going to go conference by conference, week by week. We're going to start with the big sky coming up in a couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for that. 
But of course, there's an easy way to do that. You know, when we're posting new content, Emery, isn't there? I think there's. A, if, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash/footballgameplan, right? You and could I, follow me on Twitter at fballgameplan. And I, and I think if you you subscribe on iTunes, ah. it gives you a little ding and yeah, oh, a there's a new video. Go on there, search Football Game Plan in the podcast section, and subscribe. Give us that five-star rating while you're there. And again, you can listen to us on SoundCloud as well. And keep an eye on Twitter. Keep an eye on uh, YouTube because it's going to be coming, and it's going to be coming thick and fast, folks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be chaotic, but it's going to be absolutely a blast as we go conference by conference. We'll see who keeps their seat at the top, who gets knocked down a peg, and who could be the dark horse in every conference as well. Uh, as we go forward. So, folks, Emery, I know you are a busy man. You may now sleep for two weeks. Oh, no, it's no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you already know that. This, like, man, this man was – you're going up Thursday, aren't you? You're going up to uh, – Next week, next Tuesday, I'll be up in Canada. Next Tuesday, this guy – this man is – he was down in Dallas for the NFL draft. He's now going to the Canadian Senior Bowl. But then you're also go, – you're going to Holy Cross, I think. I'll be at Holy Cross Thursday. On this Thursday – the man doesn't – do we need an intervention, Emory? Do we need an intervention? <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm excited to go to Holy Cross to uh, talk with Coach Chesney because he did some great things at Assumption. Um, shout out to Ashton Grant, who should be a pro pro, who's a pro prospect. I think he's going to get signed somewhere via free agency. But Assumption always has athletes. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do with Holy Cross because Holy Cross, for whatever reason, is, is just like Boston College. I know that's their big rival, mm-hmm. um, but they always get good – front seven play on both sides of the ball so he's going to do great things with that offensive line but also bring it in skill talent i can't wait to talk to him all right folks that'll do it for us keep an eye out on the twitter airwaves youtube everywhere we got some great stuff coming up for emory this is david have a good one